0: Welcome to Naja Reviews, this is Brian, your host, and today we're going to talk about The Mist, but not the TV show or the book, although I'm going to bring them up. So, we'll just talk about those first. Uh, The novella is worth listening to or reading. I listened to it at work. They changed the ending in this movie from the book, but we'll get to that when we get to that. And the TV show, look, I liked a lot of the actors and the performances, but you can't fundamentally change which in what is in the mist of a show called The Mist that's based on a book that had specific things in that mist. If it wasn't in a show called The Mist based on a book called The Mist, what they did with the whole your fears come after you in the mist thing would have been cool, but that's not what's in the mist that kills people. So, that's not the only reason I don't like it, but I don't think it's worth watching if you're looking to watch something that's based on The Mist. All right, enough about those things. In this movie, 2007, Frank Darabont is like, "I'm going to make An awesome adaptation of a Stephen King book, because he likes to do that. He was the one that did the Green Mile, which is pretty fucking good and close. Strike that. I meant to say Shawshank Redemption. It's pretty fucking close. It's pretty good. He also did Green Mile, but I haven't read... Or listen to The Green Mile, so I don't know how close it is. I'm assuming it's pretty good, because Frank Darabont's really good about this, because he did a real good job with this one, too. And apparently, he was pretty good in The Walking Dead the first season. I don't know. Speaking of Walking Dead, there's some people in here. We got Lori Holden, I think is how you say her name. She's the blonde lady in The Walking Dead that loses her sister in the first season. She's also in The X-Files. Can't remember her agent name, but she gets black oiled at one point. Sorry, I'm watching the X-Files. I just got to the movie part. We also have Dale from The Walking Dead, who's also the lawyer that puts Bobby Dufresne or Andy Dufresne in prison in Shawshank. He's also one of the the guardsmen in the Green Mile. He's in a lot of stuff. William Sattler's in this movie. Remember him from Solo and a Shawshank Redemption and the green mile okay then we got toby jones he plays a character named ollie he works at a grocery store he knows how to shoot a gun he's also one of the nazi scientists from uh, Captain America the first Avenger and Civil War. He's also the auctioneer in Jurassic World the second one. Whatever the second one's called. And then our main character is Thomas Jane who's in all the stuff I said he was in in Grizzly Maze. He's also in a movie I just watched called Slayer. I wouldn't recommend watching Slayer. It's like a shitty music video of a vampire slaying movie. Anyway, on to The Mist. Spoilers. Please watch this movie before you get to the end and it gets spoiled. This one's worth watching. So we start off with David painting a dark tower painting with Roland and his two guns. So it must have been really early on into that book. Um, And a storm starts over the lake because they have a lake house. They all go down into the basement and a tree busts through the window and destroys that painting. So in the morning... Their kid, I think his name is Billy. Anyway, comes and gets him and is like, come look at the boathouse. And the, uh, an old tree that's been dead for a long time fell on the boathouse and it's the neighbor's tree. But as they're looking at the totally destroyed boathouse, they see some mist rolling off the mountains. And when I say some mist, I mean a shitload of mist. It's noticeable. And it's it's rolling over the lake. Norton's the next door neighbor. He goes to talk to him about the tree because it's Norton's tree. When he gets there, he sees that the Mercedes is smashed to hell. So he gives his condolences and there's some beef between them because there was a property dispute like a year or so ago and now he needs his insurance information for the tree that fell in the boathouse so there's some tension there but david's nice and norton cooperates and then asks for a ride because his car just got smashed so they're off to the store and they see some power vehicles uh power company vehicles drive past and then some military vehicles which makes norton Ask david because norton's a out-of-towner about the arrowhead project in the base of the mountains and all there is is rumors it's like they're building weapons i think is one of the rumors and the crazy lady says that it's an area 51 situation and as they're talking about it even more military vehicles go past So the kid is a little shook. He's worried. They get to the store. There's only like one radio station that's working and the cell phones are out. So David goes to the payphone while Norton takes the kid into the store to start shopping. And even the payphones are out. So as David's coming into the store, we meet some important characters. Ollie, who's helping out by bagging right now. Miss Carbity walks up, and she is a religious lady with a little bit of tood. Don't worry, it gets better. Three soldiers walk in. They're getting snacks before they go on leave. But shortly after that, an MP comes in and is like, leave's canceled. Meet me back at the vehicle in five minutes. I'm going to go next door. And then we see some emergency vehicles with lights and sirens fly down the road past the store. Air raid siren goes off, and as the mist rolls in, dan who's dale <laughs> um he runs in with a bloody nose yelling there's something in the mist one guy runs out of the car co- runs out to go to his car and the mist rolls over it and all you hear is screaming in death well this is where the movie takes place for the rest of it until like literally the very end so buckle up we're in a grocery store for quite some time there's this they're speculating what the mist is one guy says it's a chemical plant explosion problem and then people start to speculate and then a big giant tremor hits for quite some times like light fixtures are falling off the ceiling and shit so then that all but confirms it to them that the chemical plant exploded carol from the walking dead i don't know what her name is in this movie but she needs to go home because her kids are watching each other and she's only supposed to be gone a minute and everybody is like you should probably stay Carmody's like, hey, the wrath of God is out there. There's only death out there for you. Don't go. She looks at David, though, and by this time, the kid is latched, his kid is latched onto him in, like, shock or whatever. And she looks straight at him, like he's gonna help her. You can't ask another parent who has their kid to help you go on a suicide mission, and then fucking say go to hell to him afterwards? Fucking asshole. To be fair, she says go to hell to. Uh, she hopes everybody goes to hell, as she walks out the door. That's a little extreme. There's a couple people clutching their own children. Even David's like, hey man, I'm looking out for my own kid the best I can. Sorry, I can't look after your kids too. He doesn't say it with the sass though. So, David has a little group congregating around him, he's pretty rational we have amanda who is what's her face from the walking dead can't remember her name the blonde lady so it's her this old lady that i never ever ever caught the name of she's cool she's a cool old lady and there's this realtor lady and then ollie walks up to check out i so he's like hey man can you have Do you have any blankets? And he's like, go check the dock for some blankets. The loading dock. So on his way to the loading dock, he sees that Norton has a little group forming around him. And they're trying to figure out a plan of action to try to get out of here as safe as possible. Which is a fairly decent group to be in, I guess. Uh, So we're on the loading dock. The generator is... Burning up, there's all smoke and shit. So Dave turns it off, and then when he's about to leave, he hears a sound, and he goes to the loading dock overhead door, and there's some giant ass fucking thing on the other side of that door pushing the door in. It doesn't break the door down, but it definitely pushes it in. So he freaks out and is starting to run up, and he's like, he runs into Ollie, Myron, uh and jim and they're going down to check the generator and he's like did you hear that sound and nobody heard the sound when he tells them there was a thing pressing up against the door they just like don't believe him and they're just gonna go check the generator to see if it works or see what they could do to fix it uh the bag boy comes down with them, and the bag boy is uh the red-headed kid from angus he's also the nerdy kid from major pain he also steals a gumball machine and can't hardly wait it's that kid so they're like we're gonna fix this motherfucking generator and don't even listen to the part where there was a giant monster outside after i would be on their side more for not believing him if they didn't hear the one dude scream in the mist when the mist covered his car that happened i would be a little worried they are not at all so the vents blocked That's what's hurting the generator. Ollie explains at one point that they don't even need the generator because the freezers can hold in the temperature for like a couple days or however long it was. Long enough for this not to matter right now. And they can deal with the generator later. But the kid wants to go out there. If you turn the generator on long enough, fucking open the door, gets the hell out of there, unblocks it, comes back in. Um, David is like, no, don't do that. Remember, there's something in the mist. Ollie is the only one that listens. He might not believe that there's a monster in the mist, But more caution should be being had right now. The other three people are like, fuck it, I'm going out there. David's getting pissed off that nobody's listening to him. But Ali makes a pretty good point about why they're so adamant about fixing the generator. It's because they're in an emergency and this is something they can actually fix and make them feel useful. Because right now they probably don't feel like they can do anything. Makes sense. Is it smart? No. Does it make sense? Yeah, I get it. So pretty much as he op- they open up open it up the door up a little bit and as soon as they're done giving David shit about how there's not a tentacle monster outside a fucking tentacle grabs him on the leg and starts to pull him out the door and David's the only one that grabs him and starts pulling him back in got he he's got him by the ankle ollie jumps in to go help a little bit and uh the thing like Jim and Myron are too scared to fucking move one of the tentacles bites a chunk out of his leg and it's like mm that's tasty let me try a chunk out of your your chest bites a chunk out of his chest and then when ollie comes in with the fire axe that he gets just as he's gonna swing it the tentacle pulls the kid to the door Luckily, Ollie didn't cut the kid's head off, but David goes up to grab him again, but then the tentacle's just like, how about you don't do that? And then the kid gets sucked away into the mist, and this big, giant-ass tentacle comes in through the st- while they're struggling, and they hit the door to go down, and it's like crushing this tentacle, and they take the axe and they cut the tip of the tentacle off. And then David starts beating the shit out of Jim, blaming him for getting that kid's blood all over him and uh then he has a little panic attack and everybody calms down so they're trying to figure out who they're gonna tell and how they're gonna tell the story and jim and myron don't want him telling them exactly what happened because then it makes him look bad but david's like we don't have to tell him the deets we just got to tell him that a tentacle monster fucking attacked us and the kid's dead and gone when he gets up he changes his shirt which is kind of like to stop panic i guess but we'll see how that's done later so He goes over to Norton and all of the trust and character development that has been built up to this point is not enough to get Norton to believe David that there is a tentacle monster. He won't even go back to and entertain the idea that it's even a thing because he thinks that it's a prank. And to be fair, he's got some pretty good reasons. Number one reason, he's an out-of-towner. You know how that goes. Second reason, he just sued David last year. So there could be a grudge there. I get it. Third reason. The two other people that are corroborating the story are known shit talkers. Doesn't look good so far. So fair enough, lawyer man. How about you check all the evidence first, though, and go down and look at the tentacle? But David gets a little forceful. Bad move. Norton don't like that. So he's just like, that causes a big big commotion. And then Ollie gets everybody to the back of the store for the announcement. But here's what I would have done if I was David. I would have taken my bloody shirt that I just changed and showed it to him to give him a little bit of proof That there's some blood. That would entice him to go downstairs and look at the tentacle. That doesn't happen. Instead, David is like, hey guys, there's a tentacle monster downstairs. Bag boy got killed. We chopped a piece of it off. Want to come look at it? So the store manager's like, okay, I'll come look at it. So when he comes back up, he's like, we might be in a problem. So they cut to later on that day and they're barricading the glass front of the store with fertilizer and dog food bags which they kind of like give shit for that but i don't know what else they were gonna barricade it with as long as they're doing some sort of barricading it's good enough for me at least they're proactively doing some shit Carmody is praying in the bathroom and amanda walks in to take to go to the bathroom and Carmody's like cry praying so amanda offers her hand like to help if you need somebody to talk to and Carmody's a bitch and is all like if i need a friend like you i'll just squat down and shit one out Fucking hate Carmody so much. Marsha Gay Harding did a really good job of playing his bitch. Anyway, now we have a splintering of the group as a whole. We have the people that are barricading. They believe that there's something in the mist and they need to protect themselves against it. We have Norton's group who just want to figure out a way to leave without getting killed. The safest way. They don't think there's anything in the mist. And then Miss Carmody goes on this like vengeful God sermon thing. Several people try to shut her down. Like... Jim yells at her, Amanda says something, and a couple other people say something, but Carmeny doesn't listen and starts talking about sacrificing people in front of children. And that's when Amanda's had enough and bitch slaps her, but that doesn't stop her. She predicts that someone's gonna die tonight, which is like the easiest thing to predict in a fucking emergency with monsters, but hey, I guess she's a prophet or something. Um, they put lighter fluid in buckets and they have mops. That's one of their defense options, options, uh, knives on sticks. Uh, amanda has a revolver ollie knows how to shoot it for some reason because he's a champion uh target shooter so that's pretty sweet ollie's awesome by the way um oh also one of the guys in uh david's little group an older guy is like i got a shotgun in the back of my truck but david doesn't want to go out to get it but it's around this time that norton and his group decide they're going to leave david tries one more time to convince him to stay but It ain't happening. The biker dude is like, I'm gonna go get that shotgun. So David's like, let's tie this line around you and see how far you get. Norton promises to send out help, and then they go off into the mist. Uh, The biker dude gets about 200 feet, and then the line goes slack. And then suddenly, the line rips out. And it, it burns David's hand. He has to get, like, some cloth to wrap around. And they finally get a handle on it and stop it. it pulls him towards the door. They pull it back a little bit. And then it raises high, high up into the sky. It's probably, like, 100 feet up. And then all of a sudden it drops and then david pulls the rope back in and there's he when it gets close it starts to be blood on the rope and then we have half a guy so they cut the rope and they they throw it outside and they close the door next they have the these floodlights that are rigged up to these batteries in case of emergency like if something gets in the store uh the army guy the lead army guy and the cashier lady start making out And then it's nighttime now. And they have tons of lights on. Waste of fucking energy, you guys. The power's out. Turn that shit off. It's dumb. And that's before it attracts these giant football-sized scorpion flies that I'm just going to call mist flies. And instead of turning the lights off, they turn more lights on, which attracts a shitload of these little or these fucking giant flies all over the front of this goddamn glass-plated building. And then the natural predator of the mist fly is the mist pterosaur. It's a human-sized pterodactyl-looking motherfucker with four wings. And, uh, I'd be shutting the lights off for sure now. Uh, guess whose dumbass turns the floodlights on? Stupid-ass Jim and Myron. Then, one of them smashes through the fucking glass and a couple get in. The cashier girl gets stung on the neck by one of the flies and her fucking face swells up and she dies in, like, two minutes. One of the guys goes to light one of those mops on fire and he flips it over and lights himself on fire. Another dude is doing something and one of the pterodactyl things come in and bites his neck out, like, from the spine david lights one on fire and beats it to death with a stick for quite some time he does not give up on it even after it's obviously dead for quite a long time ollie chases one around the store and he like he, he wings it and then david's kid almost gets eaten by it but he pulls him out of the way just in time for ollie to shoot it and a bunch of flies get squished and carmandy is like one of the flies lands on her stomach and she prays and it just fucking flies off of her stares her down and then flies away so she thinks she's 100 a prophet now no questions asked so does this other lady that just listens to her no matter what. But her prediction was true. People died in the night because they left the lights on. So they board up the hole. Carbony has like four followers now uh david has a small group and they decide to go next door to the drugstore uh, they need meds for the burned guy so david's side plan is to get his land rover or range rover over the fuck his vehicle is and a few people and just get the hell out of there amanda's like that's fucking crazy talk the rest of the group is like mm, thinking about leaving and david's like i don't want to wait around for carmody to start sacrificing more people amanda's like everybody knows she's crazy and it's like you forgot that It's a bunch of scared people in an emergency with murder monsters. They're going to believe anything. And the rest of the group agrees. So they leave for the pharmacy. Carbony tries to stop them. Gets the crowd going on her side. And then the old lady who's going over with them stones her with a can of peas to shut her up. It works pretty good. Uh, They get over there and there's some cobwebs everywhere. So that's annoying. They're searching through the store... And then eventually they see a bunch of people webbed up into the rafters and shit and the MP's alive and he's like, it's all our fault. We did it. Before he falls on his face and his back erupts into a fucking bunch of CGI baby spiders. Which is fucking grossest part of the whole fucking movie. Sorry, I don't like that part of the movie. But these things are like creepy. They have like human teeth. They scream at you. They shoot webs that burn through your skin. Like this dude gets a web shot onto his leg and it like gushes blood he dies. Like uh, from shock or something. Another dude gets webbed in the face. They burn a couple of them, stab a couple, and they get over there. And now Jim, who went with them, is a firm believer in Miss Carmody. He is the first to spout out expiation. So since the MP said it's all our fault david's like i need to talk to that army boy so they go to the army kid guy whatever they're like do you know anything about the arrowhead project because we really would like to know he's like nah i don't know anything and then he's like what about your buddies let's go talk to them so they go down to the loading dock jim follows and uh yeah they hung themselves so jim's like it's all your fault army guy i'm gonna bring you up to my master so he brings him up to the congregation she whips him up into a real real murderous frenzy and uh uh the sacrifice must be paid. So the butcher stabs the shit out of him after he explains what the arrowhead project is, rumored to be. It's a window or a door into a different dimension, and Carmeny spins it as a as a an act against God, and that's why we're all dying, so that he needs to be sacrificed to appease the monster. So then they stab him and throw him outside, and uh, a mist a giant mist crab monster just Pulls him up into the air. It's probably what got the biker guy, too. Um, And then she's like, the beast will not come tonight. And it doesn't. And in the morning, we got David, the kid, Amanda, the old lady, Dan, Myron, the shop uh, manager, Ali, if I didn't already say him, and the old dude with the shotgun. And they're all going to try to leave the store. They had a bag of supplies up front but Carmody found it and gets the whole rest of the store into a frenzy about how they're stealing from them to leave and it gets pretty violent. She starts to demand uh, the kid as a sacrifice so that's not good. So in their defense eventually it gets to the point where she just she wants Amanda and the kid because Amanda has the kid as the next sacrifice and Ollie's like um I'm i'm not having this and shoots her once in the stomach and once in the head and he's like he says to david i shot miss carmandy i had no choice and david says thank you and then later a few seconds later when they were about to leave because now everybody's backed off dropped all their weapons because they just killed their leader he repeats that he um wouldn't have done it if he didn't have any other way and david's like yep that's why i said thank you and i I just like that part of the movie. So they get out there, and unfortunately the crab monster is still out there, and it gets Ollie. But luckily he was by the car when that happened, and he drops the gun on the car. David gets there with the kid and Amanda and Dan and the old lady. Um, The store manager ran back to the store. He got safe, but the old guy with a shotgun in his truck, he got spidered. A spider jumped on his face. So they drive off and they go by the house and unfortunately his his wife is webbed up onto the front of the house. And then they go past a school bus with a dead kid in it. It's not fun. And then they get their vehicle starts bouncing. So they stop and it is a skyscraper sized four legged giant tentacle walk in fucking giant thing. It's like the size of a mountain just walks past them and then they drive on and finally run out of gas and so at the end of the book they make it to like a hotel or some shit and they're holed up for the night and then the book ends uh in this one they don't see any other way out because they're in the middle of the road and they're out of gas and they only got four bullets left in that gun and there's five of them left so literally the kid wakes up from being asleep this whole time and is like daddy and then It cuts to outside of the vehicle and you hear four gunshots and a bunch of screaming from david he puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger like there's any more bullets in there there's not and uh then he goes outside to let the mist take him and he hears this big loud sound and he's like come get me and it's a tank and the military's pushing back the mist with flamethrowers and they have survivors on the truck and he just starts uh screaming you know who else is on the truck that's a survivor carol and her kids so she made it out and he just killed his whole his whole family's dead now he killed his own kid And three other people, for no fucking reason, all they had to do was wait five more minutes... Apparently Stephen King likes the change. It makes the end of this movie way more sad and he just screams and screams until the end, until the credits. It's a good one. It's definitely worth a watch. I think there's a black and white version of this movie somewhere and I need to watch it, but it's not on my cut. I have a cheap DVD rip version that I got from like Walmart probably in the two to five dollar bin. Anyway, I don't have any idea what I'm going to do next time, but I will talk to you then. Have a good one and bye.